Grafton Street was brought to a halt as Philip Malloy and his <laughs> white steeds came uh, down the streets with Colt 45. Of, of all of those movie horses, who, who's it? Can you, who, what was your favourite? Ah, oh, Trigger. Roy That's Rogers and Trigger. Yeah, there was one with a sort of white mane that uh, Randolph Scott always used. I used to, As a kid, I thought he was great. And then there was Hopper and Cassidy's horse. Yes. And G- I can't remember his horse's name. And there was Gene Champion. Audrey's Champion horse, was, Champion. Yeah. The Wonder Horse. Yeah, yeah. Hopper was the... Uh, Hopper. Was the... <laughs> The one you're thinking about, the... <laughs> All right. Uh, you, anyway, look, welcome. We shouldn't okay. be delving back into our childhood cowboy fantasies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a movie out starring, of course, uh, you know, not my favourite movie star, Mission Impossible yeah. number 27. Number Is it five. any good? Number five. Uh, okay, as you know, I've been away, so I haven't seen it yet. I won't see it until tomorrow. But the word on it is very, very positive. It's supposed to be, okay, as you know, this is a franchise. Uh, this is the fifth movie in the franchise starring um, uh, uh, Tom Cruise as the hero, this IMF sort of leader called Ethan Hunt. And uh, it, as you know as well, it, ca- it came from, originally came from, it was spun off from a TV series from the 60s, I think around for about eight seasons called Mission Impossible. Uh, Peter Graves starred in it. Remember that? Remember? Yeah. Okay. And it had a famous team tune uh, composed by Lalo Schifrin. Anyway, so that's that's all of that. Um, now what we have is, uh, as I say, the fifth um, uh, uh sort of movie in the sequence and it's about uh, it's set at a period where the head of the CIA played by Alec Baldwin in this kind of real, real kind of blustery fashion that Baldwin is great at um, he, he decides to disband the IMF force that's the unit and but before they do um, uh, uh, Ethan has started to investigate a terrorist group called the Syndicate uh, the CIA won't believe that such an, uh, an organization uh, um, exists. So what uh, Ethan Hunt does is he brings them all the members of the IMF force together. That's the five members together uh, to uh, to basically find this organization and to stop them. Uh, so that that's that's it. Yes, now, but there's a very interesting thing I wanted to ask you yeah, about, yeah. which is a technical question. Yeah. Uh, I've just been reading some of the press releases, and much has been made of the fact that Cruz does his own okay. stunts. Okay. Now, there's a shot in this where he's hanging from a Boeing 707 yeah. or something. No, it's, a, tur- it's an Airbus. Uh, a, a, yeah, a, a, but at 25,000 feet, that's right. no safety harness, no, nothing. No, I was no, he's go- not I, doing no, that. Okay, I, I was going to come to that. There oh, is yeah. a safety harness. I was going to come to that in a few oh, yeah. minutes. Yeah, in a, in another sort of regard. Uh, but but just let me say that what they're saying, first of all, about um, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, they're talking about um, an absorbing mystery plot, relentless pacing, clever dialogue, and a sequence of impressive stunt-led uh, set pieces. So the word on it is that it could be uh, the Hollywood Reporter said that after um, Mad Max Fury Road, it was a be- the best of the uh, summer franchise movies. So the word on it is very, very good, very, very positive. Um, now, to come to the point that you're making, what, okay, this year there was a documentary uh, by a guy called Alex Gibney called Going Clear, Scientology and the, Bur- the Prison of Belief. And a lot of people, obviously, they just, star Scientologist, the person that we all associate Scientology with, is Tom Cruise. 
and uh, a lot of people felt that he was going to get an awful lot of negative um, uh, reaction uh, to this movie. But what happened, was, George, was, okay, this movie, um, uh, that, that's the uh, Mission Impossible movie, was supposed to come out on Christmas Day. They release on Christmas Day in the States, supposed to come out on Christmas Day. But if they had done that, it would have gone up against Bond, which is uh, late October, early November, and it would most certainly have gone up against the new Star Trek uh, film. So what they decided to do was bring it back to the end of July and it opens here now tomorrow. And what has happened is, in the whole, to answer your question, the lead up over the last four months um, has been uh, about Cruise and Cruise's approach to this movie and most especially Cruise's uh, belief that he should be doing his own stunts. The one you're talking about is one, but there's one as well that's got an awful lot of publicity about him holding his breath in an uncut sequence underwater for six minutes. Now, I don't know. I mean, these kind of things, when they're not true, it usually gets out. But nothing, nothing has happened, you know, to, to suggest that this is not true. Six and minutes underwater is is uh, an astonishing yeah, achievement. Yeah, yeah. Now the thing about him as well is he's he's already said that it, okay, Tony Scott would before he was well, committed suicide was to do um, a sequel to Top Gun, and Cruise had committed to it, and Cruise is still committed to it. But he says that he won't do it if they're going to. He wants to use real jets, as he calls it. Uh, rather than CGI. So, and if they're not using real jets, he won't do it, he says. And he wants, again, he really? wants a stunt-led picture. But anyway, overall, what I'm saying is it's helped his reputation enormously. All the emphasis, or most of the emphasis, has been on this and on the stunts rather than on the Scientology. All right, you know? okay. Now, there is another movie out which I suspect is... Absolute rubbish from what little I know of it. Yeah. This is something called Hot Pursuit yeah. because um, there's some woman, squal- uh, uh, what's her name, Sophia Varaga or something. Yeah. Now she's in something called Modern, Modern Family, Family on television. Modern Family is very funny. It's very funny. Well, is she any good in this? She, I, I think she's good generally, but I don't like the, pay, the, the movie as much. Uh, first of all, it's a, I think it's a kind of a slight sort of poor person's version of Midnight Run in which this prissy rule-spouting career cop played by uh, Reese Witherspoon she escorts a drug runner's Mexican wife played by Sofia Vergara from San Antonio to Las- to Dallas to give evidence in this in this cartel boss's trial for uh, murder and they're chased by a posse of media t- people while on, en route and um, d- this pair of crooked detectives are also after him and there's a couple of Latin henchmen also on their trail so that that's basically what you have but it's a very very cliched movie it's a very predictable but we very I think very formulaic and the, there's an article in this morning's Guardian uh, called A Hollywood Scandal and once again it's about women being paid considerably less than men um, in the film industry and one of the things one of the points they make in it is this is a quote from it uh, the need for richer parts is one of the reasons Reese Witherspoon started her own production company well she started her own production company this as she's a producer and a star of this and this is the kind of dross that she's making yeah I mean, you go all the way back to Betty Davis, mm. who went on strike she because did. of the bad part she, she was given. She was under contract to Warner Brothers. Yeah. yeah. And then you had people like Burt Lancaster, Kirk 
Douglas, yeah. John Wayne, all these guys. In the 50s who set who up their own production, production company. companies yeah. to make the movies they want to make. What's the point of setting up your own production company to produce a heap of rubbish like Hot Pursuit? Well, that's my point. Yeah. Uh, and uh, again, uh, Reese Witherspoon is an Oscar winner. She has a fair reputation. She does seem... Uh, she did one that was nominated for an Oscar um, earlier this year called Wild. She does seem to search out some sort of good material. But in this, and again, it's directed by a woman, Anne Fletcher, who's a former choreographer. She directed it. Uh, and Vergara is with the co-star and the, the one of the other producers. Reese Witherspoon is a producer and, um, and a, a star as well. So there was a big sort of distaff involvement in this whole thing, George. Yeah. And look, this is how it turns out. And also out. the script is like from Transition Year. Uh, mm. You know, mm. the, 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 just to talk about some movies I was watching mm. uh, uh, I saw this Brad Pitt movie, Fury, Fury about the tank. Yeah, what do you think? No, mm. not at all. What, what, what did you not like? I find I, maybe f- filmmaking is different, but I still think characterization is like very much part of movies. I found well, just on that first. First of all, a, a movie should connect with you emotionally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So. And you should connect. This emotional connection, you should feel angry at, yeah, sorry yeah, for. Yeah. You should have an emotion so, about the character. So, okay, so if you're investing in this guy you see on the screen, okay, yeah. and he's been beaten up, well, you, yeah. you should feel something. Uh, or if something else, if various things could be happening to him, and you're investing in what's happening yeah. to him. So you connect with that situation through him. Yeah, but like I, there were the, the things where the two German women, yeah. they find them, one of them under the bed and mm-hmm. kind of... I just I thought it, it escaped what must have been the reality of yeah. of, of these uh, just, towards sorry, the end of the war. Sorry, just to, say, to explain to listeners, this is Second World War movie starring Brad Pitt, who I think also produced it, and it's about a tank unit, isn't it? Yes, it's, because the point about it was, which is absolutely true, the German panzers yeah. were vastly... vastly superior to American tanks. Well, you certainly see that in the movie. You certainly see that and it turns them into coffins. And then the other thing I saw, I saw, I did a double header, I taped them both. One was a thing called the Body Stealers or something, but there's an amazing actor. Body Snatchers, no, 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 not not that. Is it an old uh, Boris Karloff movie? No, no, no. no, This is a British thing with with, uh, Saunders. You know, Saunders married... uh, uh, um, uh, yes, 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 yeah, no, yeah, yes. Anyway, Saunders, and he married uh, Gabor, didn't he? he, he correct, one of the Gabor yeah. sisters. But George the, Saunders, George Saunders. But there's a guy called, in it called Patrick Allen. Oh who yes, had a very big jaw. Yes, do you remember? Yes. But the interesting thing I was reading, it's a pretty rubbish movie, right? It's a typical English kind of B yeah. movie. He made a fortune as a voiceover artist. Yeah. 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 yeah, and then there was another one. Uh, the name I can't even remember, but doesn't matter because in it was the great Pussy Galore, oh, yeah. uh, and uh, who is uh, now ninety? Oh, she, Honor Blackman, yeah. and is still making movies. Yeah. But she start. Um, I mean, she she was she started out, or she really f- um, first made an impression as Patrick McNee's partner, of course, in the black and white version of, of the, the Avengers. Avengers. Yeah. 
Yeah. Now you have news on Michael Douglas. What's he up? No, to? Well, he has uh, he has a film. He's back. He's back to those kind of baddies that he loves, kind of playing. And it's he's a real psycho in this. It's a movie called Beyond the Reach, and it's the story of a kind of largely naked. Um, unarmed guide played by a young English actor called Jeremy Irvin uh, on the run from a wealthy hunter in the Mojave Desert and um, he th- this this hunter is out to bag what they call a bighorn sheep with his super rifle and the hunter shoots an old prospector instead of the sheep and when the guide then refuses to help him hide his part in the killing the hunter um, he, he turns on him and a cat and mouse kind of chase development develops one of the good things about it is is that it's only 90 minutes long but the, about the first two third, thirds of it are, are okay but then there's a, a, a basically collapses under the weight of of multiple plot developments that really don't that don't 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 work you know now one thing surprised me i have really enjoyed the born movies yeah, so yeah. never number 5's coming out and i'd be looking forward to it yeah. reason to look forward to well, it well the way well, there's another reason to uh, there's all kinds of reasons to look forward to it. from my point of view i love the director paul greengrass who's also the co-writer i think that um jason born matt damon is jason born very very good in it and i think that they've what they've done is they've re, re, reinvigorated the spy movie um, and in, in all kinds of ways, in, including, by the way, we were talking about um, action and stunts earlier. I remember in, was it in the first one? Remember the, the one, uh, the fight in the kitchen in yes, Germany? Yes, of course, yeah. That was a great fight, George. That was a really convincing fight between this uh, German agent and Bourne. I thought that was really well done. Anyway, what we're saying is they're on now to their fifth one. They're, they're going to production on it uh, at the end of the summer. I'm, I haven't got an exact date. And what has happened now is they were, they were, um, they were casting various roles, including Alicia Vikander, a lovely uh, Scandinavian actress who's done very, very well. And Julia Stiles is coming back. But now we've heard yesterday that the great Tommy Lee Jones um, is coming on board and he'll be playing. One of the things it, it, the, the Bourne movies have always done well is they're sketched in this kind of political spy background very, very well. And you tend to get these these really super ambitious, ruthlessly ambitious executives running sort of units of the CIA. And we've had people like David Strathairn, Brian Cox, Chris Cooper. And now in this role, we're going to have this kind of role. We're going to have Tommy Lee Jones. So I have to say, I'm really looking forward to it. And, well, uh, now, that's good. The, the, there's a couple of television things you want to talk about. Yeah. And... Life in Squares. What's yeah. this did all not, about? Did not see it. Well, I think I've missed something. Yeah. Have I? Yeah. Have yeah. I missed yeah. something? Yeah. Well, oh, uh, a lot of the English newspapers were going on about the sex in it. Yeah. There's about six, um, six major on the BBC major sex scenes. In it. Okay, first of all, it's about the Bloomsbury Group, and the Bloomsbury Group were those kind of people like um, Virginia Woolf, E.M. Forster, even John Maynard Keynes. You know, John yeah. Maynard Keynes. Okay, uh, Lytton Strachey, who was a great biographer. Uh, Duncan Grant, Clive Bell, all of these, and what they did, one of the things they did was they set up this uh, what they call I think it was called the Thursday Club, and they used meat, and they had a basic sort of premise. They, they were they included what what's called in the series inverts, uh, who are basically just homosexual people, and. Um, and uh, they, they, so the, there's relationships within this group uh, or with these groups. There's various relationships between men and men, men and women, and so on. And uh, I have to say, I've never seen so much 
male male sex as there is um, in this. Oh, really? Yeah, I and, wanted, and but is it a good series? It's or? really good. And it? It, yeah, all of the old stuff, George, that you associate with BBC Two and period stuff made by BBC Two comes to the fore here. Production design is wonderful, very very convincing, really rich. Uh, dialogue is very very good. Character characterizations are first class, um, and uh, I I I I was impressed with it. Now one of the things they someone says at one stage is. Uh, okay, they're coming together all the time, and they they she, they, they say uh, this person. I think it's for the Virginia Woolf character. She says um, that they have to be honest with themselves when they can't be honest with the people outside. In other words, they can't show what they are. They can't, you know, yeah, what sure. their attitude to sex is and so on. Now, there was a movie uh, based on a book uh, with Anthony Quinn as a pope. Yes, uh, Shoes then- of the Fisherman. Shoes of the Fisherman. Yeah. Morris West was the book. That's right. Yeah. Then there was Pope Joan. Pope Joan. Yes. Do you remember it's Pope I do, Joan? Two sixties, yeah. Yeah, and you've got a Pope movie. Okay, we have another one. Um, it's called The Young Pope, and it's been made by a, um, Sky and HBO, are, who seem to have a very, very strong relationship through um, the um, at, at the Sky Atlantic. Uh, they've come together to produce this. And in it, uh, Jude Law used to play Pope, uh, pope Pius Thirteenth, who is a fictional American pope who becomes the, the most conservative leader of the Catholic Church ever, apparently. And he's kind of stubbornly resistant to the Vatican courtiers, courtiers um, who, who uh, you know, who want various things done. They want various prog- forms of progress. And where but does he, a woman come into a well, pope story? Yeah, well, the woman is, and and we, we don't know how the woman is to be played uh, by Diane Keaton, and she's a, a a nun called Sister Mary. So we don't know yet whether she'll be with or against the pope in the kind I of stances see. that he takes. Okay. And it's been, it's been directed by a, a guy I really like. I have about four of his movies at home called Paolo Sorrentino. And he won a Best uh, Foreign Film Oscar for The Great Beauty. It was it last okay. year. Another movie I yeah. saw recently was yeah. a Woody Allen movie, which I hadn't seen. What was it? The actor was the fellow who played uh, the king in The King's Speech. Yes. Right? Yeah. British Colin, actor. Colin Firth. Colin Firth. Yeah. It was about a magician yes. who attempts to uh, uh, prove a yes. medium is a fake. Yes. And she almost convinces she's him. She's played by Amanda Seyfried. Yeah. 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 I thought it was super. It's quite good, yeah. yeah. yeah a little movie. Yeah, but yeah. Like Woody Allen does, it's yeah. a little movie. By, by the way, I was, I, was, I was saying I was on holidays and I, I brought about, I think it was six uh, film books with me, but one of them was a biography of a guy called William Wellman. They called him Wild Bill Wellman. He made uh, Public Enemy, the James Cagney movie. He made the original version of A Star is Born and he made the great, what to me is a classic, The Oxbow Incident. But but we, you and I have talked before about uh, ensuring voices and legs and um, Jennifer Lopez's bottom is supposed to have been insured yeah. for $40 million. But anyway, this guy, Bill Wellman, he was making a, a movie, and this was in 1933, and he was making a movie um, called Wild Boys of the Road, and it was set, obviously, you can tell from the title, from, it was set during the Great Depression, and it was about three, ki- three kids, two boys, well, tr- there were supposed to be three boys, but one of them was a girl dressed up as a boy uh, looking for work during the Depression. And 
uh, as I say, was made by Wellman, and uh, he 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 took part in the shaping and the writing of the script as well. But one of the things they did was they cast this um, this young woman uh, called Dorothy Coonan. They cast her as a boy in it, and she had uh, these freckles right across her nose that were very very appealing. So they apparently they counted 128 freckles and they insured the freckles for a hundred thousand dollars. A hundred thousand dollars. Before we mm. leave that, William uh, Wellman, um, the Oxbow incident. I yeah. mean, like people listening again who haven't seen some of these oh, great classics, oh. you could. I think you could guarantee if somebody got the Oxbow incident, I guarantee you they'd ring us up next week and say what a fabulous film it was. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, no. The other sad thing, every time I see Dana Andrews yeah. in a movie. At the end of his career, he lost roles because he literally he would was. turn up drunk. Yeah, I you mean, know, that's tragic. You know, there's a good, actually, there's a good biography uh, of him. And, you know, he started out as a singer. He had a really yeah. lovely singing voice. And uh, again, as you say, he, he was under contract 20th Century Fox for a long time, did movies like Laura, even the likes of Otto Preminger, who was a tyrant, apparently loved working with him. Uh, but as you say, he especially in the latter part of his life, he had a, a big a big drinking problem, oh, a huge which, which problem. was a, which is a pity. I was reading, but you know, you know, Steve Forrest, that actor, Steve Forrest, yeah. that's his brother. He's oh, really? Yeah. I was reading in one of the newspapers about Ripper Street. Yes, now, I haven't seen this at all. Yeah. You're a big fan. Oh, yeah, right? I'm a big fan. And one of the things, um, George, that happened was the, okay. Was the BBC was doing it? Uh, they dropped it last year. Uh, Amazon Prime, which is a subscriber service, came in and they decided they backed it, so you could get it a streaming service. So you could get it on Amazon Prime up to now but part of the deal was that the BBC would then take it and the BBC now from next Friday uh, night at 9 o'clock will have uh, the third um, series of Ripper Street which is, is still being made in Dublin as far as I know Alright look you're going I just want two very quick answers yeah. because I know on DVD you get old TV shows The yeah. Man from Uncle and Ironside with yeah. with the great uh uh, yeah, who weighed yeah. about twenty four stone? Yes. Do they stand up? I haven't. I haven't actually. I'm. I'm going to get. Uh, I'm certainly going to get Ironside. Uh, I haven't looked at either. The of man the, from Uncle didn't stand up when it was live. How yeah, will it yeah. stand well, up? Well, the, the, the point about later. the man from Uncle is on the fourteenth of May they're they're, they're issuing uh, releasing um, a new film version of the man from Uncle. Okay, so that a big, right. that's a big Warner Bros. movie that's coming out. That's why they've, they're releasing this on DVD now as well. And as you say, I, I have the first box set of the first season of uh, of Ironside, and for I wasn't able to get the second season, but this is the second season coming out now and one of the things about it George this was a time when they would make 26 episodes per season 